It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coots and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to Three Cylinder Star Drive. I'm uh, Roger Colby, science fiction author. And I'm Richard Coots, and I'm a fan of popcorn trivia, if you haven't heard it in the recent podcasts. <laughs> All right, then. Um, so, I just want to let you know, guys, that uh, uh, we got to see Ernie Hudson, mm-hmm. like in person. But what was cool was it was part of the Deaconess Hospital adoption program, mm-hmm. which is just great. Um but we were invited. Who invited us to this thing? Uh, my friend uh, Tara Tucker, who was actually the honorary chair cool. uh, that year. She yeah. was. She had a free couple of seats, and she saw that I was interested. And she's like, <laughs> "Hey, you want to come?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." It's like seventy five dollars just to get it, just for entry. Yeah, just I to know. Set it just to get. And so uh, we go in there, and um, I mean. We, I mean, we dress nice, you know, because mm-hmm. it's a nice dinner. Yeah. And it's a nice event. Yeah, and... I had to run out and find stuff because all I got <laughs> is jeans and novelty tees. You're rubbing, you're rubbing shoulders with some pretty uh, influential people in right. Oklahoma, you know. So um, it was really cool because we got to go in and, you know, we, we sit in this huge dining hall. It's not a dining hall. It's actually a hall in mm. in the uh, Oklahoma Cowboy Hall of Fame. Mm, Cowboy uh, Hall of Fame and... National Museum. National Museum. So we go in there and uh, we go to these tables and immediately Richard looks at me and goes, um, I feel really out of place. <laughs> yeah. We did. We were so out of place because they had these bid items, right? They had like this package where you could get, uh, was it season tickets? Like, oh yeah. Yeah, and, and I like, think there uh, was some, tr- some, some stuff for some vacations, cruises, and I stuff mean, like was, that. But I think the starting bid was like a thousand bucks. But people were dropping 10 grand and mm-hmm. 20 grand. I mean, it, it was, it was crap. But see, it's good for a good cause. It's for, um, what they do is, a uh, deaconess, what they do is they take, um, their girls that are going to abort their children. And what they do is they, um, provide money for people to adopt babies. Mm-hmm. That would would have been adopt would have been aborted. So um, it's a really good program that gets kids adopted, and uh, which is really difficult because what's really bad is that it costs more money to 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 go adopt a child than it does to just you know abort a child. So um, it, it should be <laughs> the other way around. Yeah. But I mean, um, anyway. So these 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 kids get adopted, and there were some great stories that night um, from uh, who was the who was the uh, host of the event? Oh, Amanda Taylor. Amanda uh, Taylor. She's our, on our local news. Our local anchor. news. Our local CBS station. And uh, she has a really good story. Her story is, is that her dad was uh, basically a child at seven years old. He was living on the street eating out of dumpsters. And uh, her granddad found him and brought him home and adopted him. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that. Well, act, actually, it was another. He actually took this guy that found him, actually took him home and fed him and stuff and kind of. He knew he knew some people that were looking for a child, and so oh, he found okay. that's what he, happened. yeah, and he found like uh, this adoption service and stuff, and kind of helped these people that he knew uh, adopt uh, Amanda Taylor's uh, father. Yeah, and so she's it, I mean she's saying that if it wasn't for these people that she wouldn't even exist. Mm-hmm. You know, it was pretty cool. Yeah, um, you know, this is like one of those things that's really close to my heart because I was an adopted child. Um, and, 
I just, uh, I could have wound up anywhere, and mm-hmm. but I was blessed with a family that loves me. Yeah. Decided to take me in and loves me. My mom, uh, my dad, uh, they did foster care for over 30 years, and they were, uh, they did, uh, you probably had close to a thousand kids going through their home during yeah. all that time. Yeah. Um, and, and my, uh, wife's two brothers are both adopted. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, we, adoption's kind of close to our heart. So when we went there, it was like, yeah, this is where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Even though we felt out of place, like monetarily, <laughs> we definitely felt yeah. like we were welcome. I felt even more out of place when the food came out. Oh my God. <laughs> so good though. Yeah. It and was they had amazing. a definitely cheat day for me because they had, <laughs> they had, like the salad, it was like a it was like a chopped salad, and then the dressing was like underneath the salad. Yeah. And I had like no idea. I kept looking around, like, "Man, gonna bring me some dressing, man. I need some dressing for my salad." <laughs> and it's like down in there, so I felt like such a such a rube. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> eaten that much food in a long time. I uh, felt, yeah. I felt bloated. Chicken cordon bleu. Chicken cordon bleu. Oh my bleu. gosh, it was so good. Um, and little tort cakes. Little tort, yeah. yeah. So, um, but what was really cool was uh. When we went there, we were ushered into a room, and there's Ernie Hudson, mm-hmm. and we get to meet him and talk to him for a bit and take a professional photo mm-hmm. with him, which, are we still waiting on that photo? Or Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, after that, we went in, and he gets up to speak, and he speaks for like, what, 45 minutes? Almost yeah, an hour? Yeah, almost an hour. Um, and he just tells a story about how he started off as, uh, those of you who don't know, you need to know, Ernie Hudson is... Winston Zedmore, but more than that, he's been in like tons and tons of stuff like Law and Order and just mm-hmm. all kinds of movies and television. And I mean, he's been, he's had a career that spans like since the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 71. Mm-hmm. He has two sons. Um, but he starts talking about growing up in Michigan, like in the projects, mm-hmm. and how his dad um, just, he never knew who his dad was. His mother died of tuberculosis. When yeah, he when was he was very about young. three three months old, and so his grandmother raised him. His grandmother really just adopted him and always instilled in him a sense of purpose. Like you, you are you know she kept telling him you're God's child, and you know uh, your your father is in heaven, you know, and, it, and you know you you need to do what's what he would want you to do and stuff. And so he's just really his whole life has been a, just a faith journey. Yeah. It, it was just really cool to hear him talk about that. Yeah, and and you know what is. Right about him. He's just a very down to earth, mm-hmm. humble, kind guy, and you can just you can just walk right up to him and talk to him. Oh, I know. And he's just so approachable. He's so kind. He doesn't he doesn't ignore anybody. Mm-hmm. He's just very. I mean, he stood there afterward and signed autographs mm-hmm. for a good almost. I guess it was had to be at least forty five minutes. No, actually, there, I mean, he was talking to people, but. There was a lot of people there. Did it? There wasn't a whole lot of people there getting autographs and stuff uh-uh. because I don't think a lot of people really knew who he was. And yeah, which is unfortunate because I mean he's he's I'm, and, and he's talked about you know like leading roles and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know he's finally getting a leading role in this movie uh, called yeah. uh, The Family Business. The Family. Oh my gosh, he <laughs> talked about that. That was probably the best story of the night. Though. <laughs> Uh, Tell that story. Uh, Tell that story. Okay. Uh, well, he'd been trying to find a role, and everybody thought he was. And I was like, "Hey, you're in good shape uh, at your age." <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Oh, cool." And they, he finds out later it's a modeling thing, and he has to wear like a speedo. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, 
He's like, at my age, you used to like just kind of look, your stomach just kind of, kind of uh, swelled out a little bit. But at my age, now it just kind of falls down over your belt. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, I, I have to like pull it up over my stomach and sometimes up to my nipple. And maybe I'll look okay then. And <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a great it was story. Hilarious. Um, but he was full of stories like that. He's very humorous. He's very funny. He tells really great stories. Um, but I mean, his journey to be an actor is just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, the things that have happened to him in his life and the opportunities he's been handed are just really right. miracles. And you know, not, he wouldn't be. I don't. He wouldn't be kind of the probably the guy he is today if it wasn't for his grandmother taking him in, oh, yeah. raising him right, teaching him humility, teaching him to, uh, you know, serve others even when when you're not getting any recognition for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny, he was talking about how he was, um, this this one story that stands out for me was, he was talking about how he was doing landscaping or something, this was before he was anyone, before he was doing anything in acting, and uh, this lady was like, uh, oh, well, you know, he's doing landscaping for her, and he said, she was a really nice lady, and that was his way of saying, you know, she's kind of racist. <laughs> yeah, she was a little racist. <laughs> she, he goes, uh, she goes, well, uh, Ernie, what do you want to do with your life? And he goes, well, I kind of like to go to college. And she said, oh, well, certain people don't go to college, you know, like that. And she was being really racist. Yeah. And so when he walked away, he says, I'm going to college. Yeah, I'm going to show her. <laughs> so, yeah. But he had like a 1.7 GPA in high mm-hmm. school. And, I mean, he had all these things that were against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up going to Yale. Right. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> I mean, he got a... Uh, <laughs> got a scholarship actually and they were actually turning everybody down and he turned him around but then he was telling the story the professor looked outside and he had brought like his whole kids just playing out uh-huh. in the lawn and yard uh, out in the parking lot and stuff and he's like the professor's like hey is those your kids and everything and he's like yeah and you brought all of them up here from Chicago from Chicago yeah, yeah. and uh He's like, yeah, and he says, uh, says, uh, this is the most important thing. Uh, I've this has been the most important thing in my life. So yeah. Right now, I want this more than anything, and so he said, okay. And then later, he just got a call. Like, yeah, they they, they drove up. home because they didn't think that they got it. Yeah. And he drove home, and the phone was ringing, and he picked up the phone and said, "You you made it in. We've made a room for you." Because mm-hmm. the thing was, the guy was saying. Um, We've already, because he was behind the deadline too, mm-hmm. and he, the guy was like, "We've already picked our scholarship recipients, and there's no way you're getting it." And um, the guy saw his kids playing out there, and he's like, "Man, you know." So I guess he gave it to him. But uh, he graduated from Yale, uh, went to went to theater school there, mm-hmm. and uh, wrote a bunch of plays. Yeah, too. he wrote a bunch of plays. Mm-hmm. And um, so he ends up in Hollywood. Like, well, right after that happened, his wife, like, his she wife got a PhD. Just she just completely left him. Yeah, she's like, well, I got I my drop. career, too, and... I don't so want these just, boys. Yeah. Yeah. So, he goes off to Hollywood, and he ends up, um, like, getting this, like, one-bedroom apartment, mm-hmm. and he said the boys slept in the bedroom, and he slept in the den, and or living room, or yeah, whatever. slept on and, the couch. slept on the couch, and he'd go to these auditions and he talked about his first audition he said he was in an audition and there were like four agents sitting there and they you know they were talking or whatever and 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 they told him to go ahead and do his month so he does a monologue from a play that he wrote 
And this is, this agent is just talking on the phone and just <laughs> laughing. And he thinks that he's being ignored, and he's kind uh-huh. of like a little frustrated about it. But he just kind of keeps, you know, keeps chugging along, keeps doing it, getting and louder. Finally, yeah, and, and the other guy like, gets louder. Yeah, and then he's and then suddenly he's <laughs> like, "Hey, you see this keep keep saying that or something? See, I told you this guy was great on the phone." And hangs up and he says, "Well, I got you your first job." <laughs> and and so, he's like, "What?" And that's kind of like all the little stories in his life are like that. It's like little bits and bits of miracle that happened to him through his whole life, you know. And um, he, you know, he, he he doesn't really he didn't really talk about Ghostbusters at all. And really, no. we didn't care. They yeah. Didn't, because I mean, we've heard all those stories. Mm-hmm. What was great about this was we really got to got to hear from this guy and find out really like okay, the core of his message was not necessarily acting. It was just, it mm-hmm. was a faith message. It, it was, was a faith message. Mm-hmm. It really was. And um, in the end, we, you know, when we got, when he's done, we went up to him and, and he's extremely gracious. Mm-hmm. He's so nice. He's like signing autographs. And and um, I mean, just, you know, what a great guy. What a great guy. He is. Yeah. That the Deacon's Pregnancy and Adoption Program is a great, uh, a great uh, program and mm-hmm. charity. And you can, Go to uh, deaconessadoption.org and make a donation, and that would really help them out. That yeah. helps get, yeah. that helps take care of mothers uh, that, that are going to give birth and, and give their babies up for adoption. That helps pay for their, for their hospital bills and mm-hmm. it helps uh, pay for the, uh, uh, the adoption bills for the, uh, the adoptee parents and yeah. everything yeah. and doing that whole process. So it's a great program. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. It costs a lot of money for adoption it's here in the States. Court so, costs and everything. So, you, so uh, donation would be uh, very helpful. So yeah. donate. Yeah. So deaconistadoption.org. Yeah. Go there and make an adoption. Okay, yeah. now Do let's it. talk about our dollar rental. Dollar Rental of the Week, and uh, this one is 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers with uh, Donald Sutherland, Donald Sutherland, Brooke uh, Adams, Brooke Adams, and, and Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy's in it. So. Not only that, Jeff Goldblum's in it. See, I didn't even remember and him. And Veronica being in Cartwright, it. as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so this is a remake, actually, mm-hmm. a classic. 50s science fiction film called By the Same Name. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, we have Matthew Bennell, by played by Donald Sutherland. He assumes that what a friend, Brooke Adams, complains of her husband's strange mood is a marital issue. However, he begins to worry as more people report similar observations. His concern is confirmed when writer Jack Belichick, Jeff Goldblum, and his wife, Veronica Cartwright, uh, discover a mutated corpse. No! Besieged by an invisible enemy, Benel must work quickly before the city is consumed. So, um, this one, okay, I've seen the original 50s one, and I remember the weird popping noise when those things are, pod people are like popping out of the pods. It was mm-hmm. really creepy. But this one is more, I, I honestly think it's industry standard. It is. It's the one it you want to see. This is the in my opinion, the definitive version. Yeah, and it's based on a short story, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, but it's man, it's it, it reaches like all the creepiness of. <laughs> I mean, it's of, it's like it's like a sci- invasion, but movies. it's like a sci-fi movie. But at the same time, it's very horror-esque. Yeah, it's also like a psychological thriller as well because mm-hmm. it is. You don't know who to trust. That's the that's the thing that it plays on. It plays on 
people's fear of uh, who to trust and whether somebody's really telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and basically the premise is these pod people are you know reproducing clones of others, and they they destroy the original and mm-hmm. take over the and make like a copy of that person, a complete copy of the person, and mm-hmm. then they're under the control of the pod people or whatever the the body snatchers. Right. So it's just really, um, I think it holds it holds up it does. even today by today's standards. You know, um, it, I mean. And the reason it does that is because the special effects are, are practical and they're not like like uh, overly complicated or anything. Mm-hmm. So that's why they still work today. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The practical effects are are um, are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's kind of like a, you know, like it, it holds up like the thing from nineteen eighty holds uh-huh. up. You know, it's like that creepy kind of. I mean, the special effects look really good. For, for the day, and even then, I mean, you know, I'm still creeped out by the thing. Oh, yeah. But um, this one definitely is worth checking out. Uh, if you haven't seen the 1978 version of uh, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, you definitely yeah. need to pick up a copy of it. You don't watch the Invasion with uh, Daniel Craig. <laughs> no, uh, no. Um, but uh, this one is this one is excellent. Um, and like we said, if we're going to pick one of the Invasion of the Body Snatchers movies, this is the one you need to see because it's it's the story's good. I mean, mm-hmm. it's got great dialogue, um, really good acting. I mean, it's got Donald, Donald Sutherland for crying mm-hmm. out loud. I mean, he was really good in pretty much anything he's ever been in. Yeah. You know, he still creeps me out as snow. But uh, <laughs> you know, um, go check it out. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978. If you can't get it in the video store, it is airing September 9th on um, Comet, and it's mm-hmm. going to be on their. They'll rerun it several times. So, uh, well, until next time, I'm Roger Colby. And I'm Richard Coots.